1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome. It is Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder, before we get started, this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code NFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code NFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. My name is R. Ochoa. This is, of course, Monday Football Monday on the SB Nation NFL Show. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify, whatever, etc. You can also watch us live on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page, the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, and the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. We have a lot of properties and we have a lot of work going on this week because it is draft week. The 2022 NFL draft officially begins on Thursday evening. We have a lot of fun and exciting things in store here on the SB Nation NFL show. Rob Stats, Greer, I got that started with our roundtable already this week. Joining me here today, as always, on Monday Football Monday from Arrowhead Pride, it is Pete Sweeney. Pete, a very happy Monday of draft week to you, sir. Happy Monday. It's a it's a week that will go what to the mid-afternoon on Saturday. So we're
2: we're bracing for a long year uh, long week here at at the SB Nation NFL show.
1: That's right. We've got a lot of rations, uh, a lot of bottled water just kind of ready to deliver our respect right uh bananas. respective bunkers um, you don't want, banana- you don't want
2: to cr- you don't want to cramp up you, you got to have your bananas well right. the bananas that's will the, turn man, like right.
1: if you're going to do some bananas today's not the day to buy them i'm thinking like <laughs> wednesday that way yeah, that's the sweet spot of time uh Correct. somebody who who knows a lot about uh food as it relates to nfl but mostly the nfl uh from the ross tucker football podcast but i feel like that is bearing the lead he is everywhere. He is all over the place. He touches every single tentacle of not just NFL, not just sports, but lifestyle media. It is, of course, Ross Tucker joining us here on Monday Football Monday. Ross, thank you for taking the time to join us.
3: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. And that's a long-winded way, RJ, of saying I'm trying to avoid a real job like the plague. Um, (laughs) I'm 43, haven't had to get one yet. Although I will say, it is unbelievable. You know, I do college games for CBS, the NFL games for West of One. I've got the podcast network. I do the Eagles preseason games. Most of the time, when I meet someone now, they'll either say to me, you're the beer guy or you're the press box food guy, which is <laughs> amazing. That's the one that really bothers my parents because they're like, wait a minute. We sent our son to Princeton University? To be known as the guy that that posts videos of press box food on his social media, I I don't think that they are proud. I mean, they're proud, but I think they thought I'd be like a doctor or CEO CEO of some big company at this point.
1: I think CEO of the Ross Tucker Enterprise is uh, is really you know what matters the most. The, the food is important. Uh, the podcast is a part of my weekly consumption. I mean, I say weekly, but it is a, a daily show, uh, of course. Andrew Brandt hangs out a lot. I enjoyed the episode with Colleen Wolf a few weeks ago. Uh, I say that even though I'm a Dallas Cowboys guy, you know, I know you're like a citizen of the world when it comes to the NFL, Ross. But I like I, it's, it's awkward because I feel like you have this like you do the Philly stuff, like it, you know. There's there's a natural you know kind of awkward moment between you and I because of that particular relationship
3: well so what's funny about it is as you know RJ I played for the Cowboys right I started the last seven games for the Cowboys in 2002 didn't which, you keep your helmet like, like you favorite. stole your
1: helmet or something
3: what's that no I had to pay for it that's what it was I knew there was a story with yeah 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 so when I was in, when I got cut by Washington they gave me both my helmets they're behind me right now for people watching it's uh all the way to the right is like the 70th anniversary helmet or to my left or whatever then and then over there's the other one both of those are now like uh collector's items i guess because they won't be using either one of those ever again um but the cowboys said when i when they cut me they're like i was like can i have my helmet i started the last seven games they're like yeah jerry jones looks at that as being his property we're gonna have to payroll (laughs) deduction three hundred dollars i was like Whatever, man.
2: Every everyone always wants to talk about the Antonio Brown helmet story, buried
3: mm-hmm. in the Ross Tucker helmet story, which to me it's is a great a, point, I, I, I think
2: point. I think it's even a little bit better
3: than the Antonio Brown helmet thing. So I gotta tell you guys two funny things. Well, three funny things, okay, about <laughs> me playing for the Cowboys. Number one is whenever I meet a Cowboys fan, they will always say, like they know I do NFL stuff. They'll be like, I'm like, who's your favorite team? And they'll be like, Cowboys I'm the biggest Cowboys fan ever and I will say to them oh that's cool um just out of curiosity do you know who started the last seven games at left guard in 2002 and they'll be like they'll literally be like oh oh I know this oh um was it was it Larry Allen like and it's like it's me it's literally (laughs) me the guy asking you the question you can't say you're the biggest Cowboys fan ever if you don't know that. that's number one number two it is weird growing up an Eagles fan outside of Philadelphia and then now I do the Eagles pregame and I do the Eagles preseason games on TV yet I played for the Cowboys who like Eagles fans despise so there's always yeah, like that, that weird dynamic going on there too which is really funny.
1: Well, right on, Ross. Uh, you mentioned the 2002 season. Emmett Smith's record breaking run turns 20 this coming season. We're very excited about wow. that at Blogging the Boys. Um, when it comes to the Cowboys and the Pennsylvania neck of the woods, we were talking about this right before we started recording. Pete was late, just so everybody is fully aware uh, wow. here, here to the show. Um, you I don't know if we are, have to go into that. I mean,. Uh, we have to say that on uh-huh. it was
3: technical difficult, <laughs> right? Right, right. Was thank Pete. you. It thank was the, you. wrong with this video, he had to reboot his computer Why? three times. You, totally you, normal and acceptable. You would think I wouldn't have to rely on the guest to back right. you up here,
2: but that, <laughs> welcome to Monday Football Month. Um,
1: so, um, a, a, a recent uh, a recent development is that the NFL draft this week, obviously. And last year at this time, you were riding for Micah Parsons. I mean, that that's your you know, your neck of the woods, like we talked about. Um, and and you were right. I mean. There were a lot of people who doubted him, and obviously he turned into this great, incredible rookie season. Uh, maybe the best offensive player in the NFL. I don't know. I'm not biased at all. Uh, but who's that guy for you, Ross? As, as we start right now, as we're just three days out from this whole thing beginning, who is your Micah Parsons of this year, the guy who you're willing to die on the hill for?
3: You know, first of all, I will say this. Like, everybody has their own inherent bias, right? I knew Micah. I watched him in ninth grade. The funny thing about it, though, is my argument for him being a dominant player, it really wasn't. I didn't know he would rush the passer that well as a rookie. My argument was, he's only played linebacker for two years because I watched he, his high school. I could walk to his high school from where I am right now. Right? He literally played defensive and he never was an off the ball player. So I just thought he only played linebacker for two years. Like he can get a lot better at that. Um, Didn't realize they would be able to unlock the potential that I saw him have in high school as a pass rusher. So the guy that I love, it's Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. You know, it's so funny to me. We get to the point where, like, during the season, he was a locked top five pick. You know, after he made the interception against Florida State, he's like, is he going to go number one, number two? The highest drafted safety ever. Now, since then, nothing has happened. Like. He went to the combine, ran a four five nine. Okay, maybe not great, but he's six four two twenty. That you know, that's linebacker sized. So four five nine is fast for a linebacker size. Then at the pro day, I don't even know why he ran the forty at the pro day. But as pro day, I guess he ran like a four seven. I guess he thought maybe he could improve on the four five nine. And now you hear people are concerned about it. And this is the other one that always amuses me, right? Positional value, there's just not the positional value there of playing safety. Are you kidding? So wh- <laughs> if that's the case, why do these guys get big contracts like Marcus Williams from the Saints getting the huge contract, mm-hmm. or or the the Chiefs Pete's team paying Justin Reed? Like, yep, it's so it makes no sense because they do the same thing with the interior offensive linemen. Oh, you can't take that guy in the top twenty. He's an interior offensive lineman. But then you're going to pay, then you're going to be the Jags. You're going to pay him $18 million a year. Brandon Sheriff. There's no logic there. If a valuable player at that position is worth getting big dollars in free agency when you need somebody at that spot, then they're absolutely worth taking in the top 10 picks. I think Kyle Hamilton is a stud. He's a guy. I guess I'm, they say he's not going to go top 10 now. I think that's a mistake.
2: Yeah, it's been a a chief strategy, it seems like, to pay the safety and go a little bit younger when it comes to defensive backs. I think sometimes it's overblown that we look at these quarterback contracts and really don't look at them for other positions when you are going to have to pay those positions. So I think it's a a great point by you. I want to cast a wider net, though, with with my first question here. And I just sense and I know that we're excited this week and I I don't want to say that. This isn't an exciting week, but it just seems like this draft has a little bit less buzz than previous drafts, probably because of a, the lack of the quarterback position. But you're seeing these national newsmakers say that maybe the top half of the draft is leaning more like they want to trade back than maybe trading up. Do you feel like this draft lacks a little bit of buzz? If so, why is that? And then, you know, as you look back at this draft and, and maybe we'll look back two or three years from now, what do you think the prevailing theme of this class will be?
3: Pete, I don't think there's any question. Uh, I don't think there's as much of a buzz about this draft as there are other drafts. And it's really simple. It's the quarterbacks. I mean, it's just not that complicated, right? You know, people, we know it's by far the most important position. And when you've got Trevor Lawrence and then Zach Wilson's probably going to go number two. But who are the Niners going to take at three? Is it Fields? Mm -hmm. Is it Trey Lance? Is it Mac Jones? I know. I heard from my brother's uncle's plumber that Kyle (laughs) Shanahan likes Mac Jones at three. Like there was just a lot of intrigue there. Yeah, And there's intrigue, as we're recording this at least, as to who the Jags will take at one. But it's just not quite the same when it's like Trayvon Walker Mm -hmm. or Iki Ikuanu or Aiden Hutchinson. People just don't get as excited if the first overall pick is an offensive lineman. They're just right. not going to. And so that's why they're in. You know, last year you had quarterbacks go one, two, three. But you also had a team make a huge trade to just get the third quarterback, which still to me is a head scratcher that I'll never really understand. <laughs> I know a lot of people that will tell you that when they did it, it was for Mac Jones and then during the process. They changed their mind to trade Lance, which yep. makes some sense to me. But how you do that, not knowing who's going to go? I think they probably knew Lawrence would go one, but you didn't really know for sure. Be two, like we'll just take the next best guy. <laughs> uh, I think is fascinating. So, Pete, I'm with you. Uh, there's not as much buzz around this draft, but you know, there's been other drafts like that, yeah, where the quarterbacks haven't been great. But then you look at it like five years later, you're like, wow, that was a good draft. There's a lot of those dudes who are going to the Pro Bowl, might yeah. even end up in the Hall of Fame someday.
1: Yeah, it feels very 2013 ish. Um, no disrespect to EJ Manuel, obviously. Um, wow. in, in terms of uh, quarterback buzz or, or lack of it, uh, Ross, you mentioned that your parents had aspirations of you being a doctor. I realize you're not, but if you if you want to be for, for this moment, um, I do think we're in an interesting place as it relates not necessarily to COVID, but the the fallout of it, the impact of it. I mean, you know, it's a societal impact. Um, but last year, Micah Parsons, as an example, Jamar Chase, they had opted out. They came into the NFL. That was a big part of the evaluation process. Will they be able to play in the NFL? Will without missing a step. And they weren't just solid. They were incredible. They were some of the best players in the NFL. And now we've kind of gotten to a place where these players aren't coming from the, the, the primary COVID season, the initial COVID season, where it was a little bit more normal, uh, a little bit, you know, crowds back in the stand, things like that. Things were, were closer to what they were like pre-pandemic for these players, their most recent college football season. Does it feel like that to you from, from an analysis standpoint, from an evaluation standpoint, like it's, it's closer to the times pre-COVID than, than last year's supremely exceptional draft? Without question, yep. Um, I
3: think it's a lot feels a lot more normal this year. I will say this though, RJ. I thought this might be where you're going to go as you were talking. Make my question better, Ross. Go for it. No, you know <laughs> what? I think Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons and these guys playing so well after sitting out the whole year is really interesting. Yeah. I'll give an example. I'm watching Charles Cross. Mm-hmm. Okay. The left tackle from Mississippi State, a lot of people think he'll be a top 10 pick. I didn't love him, by the way, but a lot of people think it will be a top 10 pick. You guys would not be- – I mean, I know you know it because you follow it. You can't believe how good Will Anderson is from Alabama. I mean, he's unbelievable. Like, when you're watching one guy on the other side, okay, and you feel like every play, you're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, he just did it again. He right. just killed the Mississippi State right tackle again. He's got another sack. To me, the idea that Will Anderson would have easily been the number 1 pick in this draft and wasn't able to enter it is something that's not being talked about enough. Maybe I'm giving you guys some ideas to write about, you know, on your SB Nation sites. But like he would be the number 1 pick. There would not be any debate. Instead, okay, Instead of getting a deal, a contract that would guarantee him $40 million, right? This kid conceivably has to play 15 college games next year.
2: Wear and tear. Like,
3: imagine imagine you got a brother or your son or whatever, okay? And there's like a pot of gold. It's $40 million. (laughs) It's right there. And you're like, you know what, bro? Like, you can either just sit here and then get it. Or you got to walk through those 15 landmines out there. Just don't step on a landmine. I mean, I, if he were my brother, I would tell him to strongly consider, or son, not playing college football this year. Great way, by the way, to ingratiate yourself with the Alabama fans. Roll Tide. They will love that. <laughs> but, I mean, like he really should strongly consider not playing college football. And people are oh, he'll just get insurance. Yeah, like it's that easy. And it's not 40 million bucks that you get, by the way, if you get hurt.
2: I mean, there's a precedent for it, too, just because of the COVID year. We saw a lot of guys just opt out of that year, and they've made fine NFL players. So it's not even like there isn't recent or a recent example of, of someone doing that. So I think that's a really fascinating point.
3: Yeah, it wasn't even RJ's question. See?
1: Pete, do you have something else? Do you want to shoehorn in the Chiefs question at this point? Because Pete is the true narcissist of the show, Ross. Sure. So I mean,
2: you, you want to give me a window for some knowledge from Ross that we could turn into more content. We already owe him a consult fee for that last question. So, yeah, why don't we go and, and talk about the, the Chiefs who are trying to get back into that picture? They're picking at 29 and 30. A lot of people in Kansas City feel like they're going to trade up for at least one of these picks. How do you feel like the Chiefs are, are going to handle uh, those last two picks in the first round?
3: I don't really see him trading up.
2: Okay.
3: I think with the strength of the draft, people feel like it's 20 to 40 mm. and everybody is trying to trade down. I, I think the chiefs, if I think they're more likely to trade down. I know they got a lot of picks, but they're going to get two starters yep. at those spots. Two guys that they think of as starters, by the way, I got to tell you this story because RJ mentioned Pennsylvania connections. Pete, I don't know if I ever told you this. What's that? But, My senior year of high school, I went to a small school. And the small school state player of the year, who was an absolute legend my year, was a guy named Brett Veach. (laughs) He's now the general manager of the Chiefs. I'll never forget the William & Mary and Delaware coaches both came to my house down Route 61 From Mount Carmel, the coal region, where Brett is from. Like, you guys should see what it's like up there. But that's where (laughs) Brett's from. They came to my house. I am not kidding. And by the way, Brett went to Delaware, had a nice career. But he didn't, like, make the NFL or anything, right? Right, right. They came to my house. I legitimately thought I was cool because college coaches came to my house after they were at Brett Veach's house. He was like a three-year (laughs) All-State, unbelievable high school football player. He had like three touchdowns in the state championship game. They beat Bishop McDevitt, which was like where LaShawn McCoy and all these guys go. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I thought I was cool just because the Delaware and William & Mary coach came to my house after they were at Vija's house. So it's funny because you look at him now and you would never think that. He was fast and he was good. And we got his younger brother to actually go to Princeton, which was – which was nice. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was a little funny tidbit. You got to check out sometime, Pete. Google, I don't even know. It's got to be somewhere. Brett Veach, high school football highlights.
2: I've seen this, and they, they have an interview with him when he was a younger guy. And, yeah, he went on to Delaware, and actually the former Bears head coach and now the Chiefs quarterbacks coach, Matt Nagy, they were teammates, so a little wrinkled. Yeah, they were like up, best up, friends, up. yeah. So now they're working together with the Chiefs.
1: Ross, you were like the, um, there's the, like, everybody talks about the Sean McVay, Calvin Johnson, like whatever was, Georgia, like high school player of the year, whatever. You are the Calvin Johnson to Brett Veach's Sean McVay, uh, ultimately <laughs> is, is my takeaway from that. Um, two final things for you, Ross, and then we'll send you on your way. The first is, uh, your work with my front page story.
3: Yeah. So it's a buddy of mine. who started the business. It's the greatest mother's day gift idea ever. You mm. literally talked to, he's a writer. He writes for the local newspaper here. Right? So you literally talk to him or one of the other writers for 10 minutes, you and maybe your sibling or if you're getting it for your wife, whatever. And they write the most unbelievable story about your mom. It's framed. It's on the. It looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. Beautiful. And you get, like, my sister and I gave it to my mom a couple of years ago. She will cry. Like, she'll be so, <laughs> when she sees it, she'll be like, what is this? Well, mom, we want to do something special for you. So we had a story written about you. Mind will be blown. And then she reads a quote from my sister, like, I wouldn't be the woman I am today if I weren't for my mom. My mom's like, oh my God, like, <laughs> like ugly cry. It was amazing. And then the coolest part about these gifts, by the way, myfrontpagestory.com, they hang them up in their house. So if you're if you if you're young, if you got kids and yeah. you get it for your wife, anytime you guys get in an argument or anything, you'd be like, look, look over there. Mm-hmm. I got That's a story right. written about you. You got a story written about me? No, I don't think you did. I got a story written about you, okay? It's like the gift that keeps on giving because it hangs up forever.
2: You need Kleenex ready, right? Like, you need Kleenex at, at the helm just in case. She there, will
3: cry. There. You will win. Happy tears. Myfrontpagestory.com.
1: <laughs> Sounds like your sister owes you because it's your friend, you know what I mean? That you said. So, and you're like, your sister had one line. Like, I wouldn't be the woman I am today without you, but you set it up. You put the wheels in motion. Like, you took care of all the incidentals. Like, nice. I think your sister that's owes you. That's a great
3: you. point by you. I know. That's, he- that's kind of standard for us, though, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, is like, My sister hops in, like I'll get the reservation for the ski trip and then she'll be like, oh yeah, we'll go. Or I'll get one. That's just kind of my sister's
1: deal. You're, uh, you're DeAngelo Williams. She's Mike Tolbert. She just comes in and like vultures it at the end zone. <laughs> um, okay, last one for you, Ross. Every week here on Monday Football Monday, we hand out what we call the MF Double MVP, the Monday Football Monday Most Valuable Player. Uh, I know you have a bit of a friendship with Rob Stats, Guerrera, and Brandon Gowden, but I would like you to award the MF Double MVP to Monday Football Monday over their show and tell right. us why we're better than them. That.
3: That's right. Well, so the only thing that gives them a chance is Brandon because Brandon's awesome uh you know Tough look for stats wow okay yeah he's the, it's a bad look yeah he, I mean Brandon's awesome he does an unbelievable job with the Eagles site Bleeding Green Nation I mean everybody's familiar with it I'm a big fan of Brandon what he does but it's kind of like you can't pick your family like my sister you can't pick your right. co-host like where how did stats get one of these jobs is what I want to know like, RJ, I know your Dallas background. Pete, I know your Kansas City background. Right. The stats run one of the, like, what, what does stats even do? Well, he's uh,
2: just from the Florio tree. If you're from the <laughs> Florio tree, instant job at, at SB Nation, it seems like. Yeah, he's that like Matt Nagy
1: to anyway, Andy Reid at that, in that sense. Yeah, correct. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I think out of all of you guys, Brandon's still my number one draft pick. But then you guys are two, three, sure. and stats is like seventeen. How many guys are there? How many SB, There's 32 SB Nation sites. Stats 100. is 33. I would say. Mm. So that's why. That's why Football Monday, MFFM, whatever you guys say right. it is. That's why you guys are the champions, not well, them.
1: I will say, Ross, you already made it awkward enough saying that Brandon is better than us, but now you have to break the awkward tie between Pete and I. Who's two and who's three? Because you can't let it leave us hanging like that.
3: Uh, I'm gonna go RJ too. I'll tell you why. RJ has had several really good analogies. Sure. Like uh, I can't remember, like the Tolbert one, mm-hmm. the Calvin right. Johnson one. Plus RJ somehow knows like everything about where I'm from with Christian Pulisic and Micah Parsons, Lonnie Walker. Does his research, Pete didn't even know the Brett Veach story. Pete doesn't knew- know. Pete doesn't know anything about Ross. Me. He doesn't know that Veach and I are buddies. Okay, Pete. Yeah. Pete, I'm gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> sure. Do you know what player for the Kansas City Chiefs right now is from my hometown? uh of
2: course of course i'm not gonna say it here we can talk about it off air but it i definitely wild know miss pennsylvania yes th- yeah certainly i of course you i do think of who it is pete yeah i i, I got it on the tip of my tongue <laughs> but why don't you tell everyone
1: what we maybe both you're know. bumping pete down from three ross chad, I mean. henny. It's chad, chad henny. henny of course backup quarterback so, hey, so real winner quick, of a divisional guys, round game what,
3: real quick i used to lift weights with chad henny's dad no lie okay i was in college yep. maybe my first year in the NFL, I would lift weights. And he was telling me about his son, who was like in seventh or eighth grade. He's like, right. he's pretty good, Ross. And like, when you're a Division One football player, or you're in the NFL. Every dad is always telling you how great their seventh or eighth grader is. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, they're, oh, and I was like, yeah, I'm sure he's great. Turns out it was Chad Henney. <laughs> like, no, you never like know. Fifteenth year in the NFL, he's got the gig, man. He just backs up Mahomes. Like that is awesome.
2: Henney given podcast. He actually had to come in two years ago when Mahomes had that weird concussion thing and he yes. ended up beating Baker Mayfield. Uh, I call Chad Henney Baker Mayfield's daddy uh, last time Baker was in the <laughs> playoffs. And-
3: yeah, dude, I was so happy for him. Like, is- that, think about how, many t- how much time he puts in yes. to have that one. Like, that'll be the moment... He, sh- I mean, he's got kids. They, they already saw it. They're not that young, right? That, that'll be the moment though that people will remember
1: from his career forever. It's awesome. Oh, I love, I love. That's a whole different show. We'll do it in the offseason, Ross. Like moments that dudes get remembered for and otherwise have no like significant NFL. Years. I think of like he's had a few, but like Colt McCoy, Monday Night Football beat the Cowboys when he was in Washington. That really sucked. Um, and so I always like,
3: comes back to the Cowboys. That's RJ. my it, job. You
1: know, that's what puts bread on my table, Ross.
3: RJ, when's the last time the Cowboys won a playoff game?
1: Um, it was uh 2018 when they beat the Seahawks when Pete Carroll refused to let Russ cook. Um, but um, you know, <laughs> hey, I mentioned that Emmett's run turns twenty years ago today, or not today, but this this season. The ninety two Cowboys, obviously a very important team, turned thirty years old. This year, that's that's crazy to think about. Um, a depressing Ridiculous. note for me to end on, but I'm number two in Ross Tucker's uh, power rankings. That's really what matters most uh, on I Twitter. But
3: to be fair, I only know four of the people.
1: Right, <laughs> that's true. And stats was still 33rd, so I mean, really rough look for him uh, on let, Twitter, let, Ross. <laughs> well, Pete, let me fall
2: day two or day three. I don't care. I, you know, that's what we call <laughs> value, and I get to hit the free agency market a little bit earlier. I don't care if I'm out of the.
1: That's first true. Round.
3: No, Brandon's the first round pick. You guys are both Friday night second and third round picks. <laughs> Stats is an undrafted free agent UDFA. after the se- after the 7th round ends. That's right good. on.
1: Um, he's on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL, kind of a hub for everything he does. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast, uh, a necessity, not just during football season, but all the time. Uh, as mentioned, he's all over the place. I don't know when he sleeps, um, and therefore when he has time to work on stories for his wife and mother and people in his life. Um, he is he is always moving, always grinding. Ross Tucker, thank you for taking the time to join us here on the SB Nation NFL Show. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Sounds good, Ross. Have a good week. Have a good draft, Pete. That was a rough look for you uh, to come what out. Do you mean? Um, I mean, look. It, I basically asked Ross to choose between the two of us, and he chose me. So, I mean, does that make you feel he awkward? Did. Do you,
2: you know? No, you know, like 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 Josh Rosen and and falling, you know, the thing. Oh, now you're Josh say, Rosen.
1: That's not the one to compare yourself to. Like you had Tom Brady staring I'm, you right I'm in the not, face, and you went Josh Rosen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying,
2: <laughs> I'm not saying I want the career of Rosen, but I like the attitude after the draft where he, you know, he said eight eight names or whatever that was. That you know, now it's it's a two name thing, but that's fine. Look. We're going to keep grinding, and we're going to make Ross regret his words.
1: Um, I really feel bad for stats and for you. Um, Awkward moments. Sure.
4: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make
1: That, that was some great insight, certainly. Um, Kyle Hamilton kind of tumbling down boards over the last few weeks um, in, in the eyes of some mock drafters, mockers, um, perhaps actual literal mockers of Kyle Hamilton at this point in time. Do you agree with Ross that the positional value argument is dumb? Um, I think Micah's a good example. I, I you know I talk about Micah Parsons a lot, but he, that was the argument against that pick last year. It's off the ball linebacker. What are you doing spending a top 12 pick on him?
2: I mean, I I just think it, you, the best guy on your board is the best guy on your board. Not to get really over cliche here, but if if you feel trust like the that board position, Pete Dunne
1: says trust the board,
2: yeah, and and I think that's where GMs really win. So if you can determine that the your BPA best player available, and, you, and you're looking at teams, because a lot of times teams will draft for the, for those certain positions, and you could say okay two or three teams here, we're still going to be able to get this guy. Then you get yourself another bonus pick. So you're getting your BPA, which is obviously best player available, and then you're throwing more darts at other positions of need. I think the GMs who really have that in front of them and can really tell, okay, we could still get this player because of that um, aspect of of the NFL, and you get a bonus picks out of it. Those are the ones who really win. And that's that, to me, is the biggest story right now is that there's just so many teams that are reportedly – Trying to trade back it's it's going to be a weird draft in the sense of does anyone really want to pick early if if the if the happy window as Ross was saying is 20 to 40. And, you know, we were joking about Brett Beach at his press conference last week. He said 30 to 60. Who who's going to pick is anyone is are they just going to keep calling and saying we don't really want to pick right now in the first round. I I think it's very intriguing and and you wonder also too how that aspect uh, impacts these draft charts do these teams that are looking to trade back. Um, you know, take a little bit less value to do so, and so they can get bonus picks. I think it's really fascinating that uh, again, it's just not a draft where people are are eager to jump up into the the top fifteen.
1: Yeah, I agree with. I guess subsequently you, but but Ross, and that um, it does like juice, and it's it's because of the quarterbacks. Like a, a draft, a like so-so draft with the quarterbacks is awesome because you want to see the moves, you want to see the jumps, and in fact, like the most quarterback needy team is one of the more like boring and frustrating teams in the NFL, in the Carolina Panthers. So it's going to be this like, of course, you're ruining whatever quarterback this is. Uh, we did a mock draft actually earlier this morning on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, and they took Kyle Hamilton with the sixth overall pick, the Carolina Panthers. So that would really suck for Kyle, but it does feel like. Um, like, the moment of The Office, people point out where uh, Michael and Pam and Andy are, like, you know, they're doing the, like, Southern game or whatever it is, and, they're, like, pointing at right. each other, like, who's going to shoot first, whatever. And it does sort of feel like that, like, I think everyone thinks that so many mistakes. Ross mentioned landmines. Like, everyone thinks there's so many landmines. Did he mention landmines, or did I read that somewhere this morning? No, you uh, he did. He did. Okay. <laughs> I knew that was in my mind. <laughs> he was uh, saying some... it in, in context of... Uh, right, 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 right. But so... Alabama. It, it feels like, like, everyone is trapped in a landmine field. You know what I'm talking about? And every, like nobody wants to be the first person to move. You know what I'm saying? And like, every, right. like somebody has to move. And this this is like a really spooky draft in that sense.
2: Yeah, and I I just think it's one of these drafts too that we're not going to I think be there on on Thursday night and and be like wow, this team has changed forever. But then like, you know, you really go to the Super Bowl, who is the key player at the end of the Super Bowl? It was a defensive lineman and Aaron Donald and finishing that and throwing his hand in the air as, as he gets to Joe Burrow. And, you know, maybe that guy is Aiden Hutchinson and as long as he doesn't go to the lions, maybe that guy's Aiden Hutchinson and it matters a lot more in the context, looking back, you know, maybe that guy ends up being a Jermaine Johnson who may go a little bit later in the first round. So I think the, the impact of this draft, it's just, it's not going to be that immediate payoff. Like, okay, this franchise has changed forever, but, just as much as quarterbacks, sometimes I mean I, I like quarterbacks. I think tackles are important, um, edge players, and then as we I think we're starting to see, and and this is something I thought that Ross was alluding to as well. Like the safety position is probably way more important. That safety linebacker type of hybrid is probably way more important than we give it credit for. And so I think it it makes these these drafts really fascinating, and and we'll see uh, how teams handle those facts. And and again, you know we're always looking through the prism of our own teams to kind of hear that so many teams want to trade back might play into the hands of a team like the Kansas city chiefs, who probably needs to get a you know ahead of the Packers if they want to draft a wide receiver and whatnot. And every team, you know, has those needs. So I, I think there could be a lot of movement and some really surprising moves as, as teams try to maneuver their way in front of each other.
1: I agree. You know, you would think with, um, I mean, nickel is the new base and all the conversation about getting fast, getting athletes, getting track stars, et cetera, et cetera, that, that players like Kyle Hamilton would like their value would increase. Um, know, I think about, again, to make it about the Cowboys, you know, Dallas last year signed Keon O'Neill, former safety to play him at linebacker. Um, and that didn't exactly work. And he's actually flipping back to safety this year with the Buccaneers, but still like that, that hybrid exists. And I think that's why. Um, You know, people talk about the tight ends in this class and Trey McBride's the best one, et cetera, et cetera. But Jelani Woods' stock has risen so much throughout the process because it's about, okay, how can I get another super fast, strong dude at tight end? Give me another, white like Kyle Pitts last year. Not that that's what Jelani Woods is, but I mean, Travis Kelsey uh Darren Waller, Johnu Smith, the uh, one year. Kyle obviously Kyle Pitts. George Kittle's an athlete in his own right. I mean, like, it's about like how can I be faster and stronger than you in every sense. And so you would think that you would want to have the horses to run with that on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Yeah. And I think the the thing that we have to remember too, and I, I hate to give you like the credit for this, RJ, is you know, Michael Parsons was clearly the best player in last year's draft and he didn't go to number twelve, right? So I, I just think it's it's such a retrospective type of tent pole event in in the NFL. And I, you know, I, I you wish you could fast forward a year from now and be like, who's going to be that guy? But it's those GMs who win at pick twelve and go and get the guy that was supposed to be drafted one that I that I think you really see um have success in, in the NFL. And that comes down to scouting departments. I think it's a little bit of luck, you know, to be fair. Um but yeah, this is this is one of the more uh, interesting parts of the NFL offseason
1: uh pete last thing as we kind of get set to, to wrap up here and rachel we're gonna ask you this question too before we ask you to hand out today's actual double uh, mf double mvp ross doesn't have the the authority to like fully hand one out you know what i mean it's just more like a yeah. ceremonial thing so blg didn't really win anything uh but um uh, Pete, question for you and again rachel is coming your way too who controls the draft as we sit here? Like who's the team l- maybe lurking in the shadows. Maybe they're straight up, you know, front and center. I, I mean, who ultimately controls the way this thing swings and I'll, I'll go first. Um, just cause I know you want to prepare for this answer. And this is something the aforementioned BLG and I have talked a lot about on the NFC's mixtape. Uh, the a part of too. Rachelle's a part of a lot of elite teams around here. Um, anyway, the New York giants, I, I think the giants control everything. I, I think that, that everything kind of goes through them. I don't know that anybody wants to trade into the top five. I don't know why you would. There's not exactly um, a quarterback that, that calls for that this year, unless somebody's like in love with, with Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. But the fact that the Carolina Panthers sit at six right between that, that giant sandwich. What's a giant sandwich you eat, Pete, by the way?
2: Oh, I like the, the gargantuan from Jimmy John's. Did you okay. ever have
1: that? Oh, dude, I love Jimmy John's. Super underrated sandwich place. I mean, Open do you get it delivered? you need it. I'm sorry. Do you ever get it delivered? Because that's their thing. They're like freaky fast or whatever.
2: Yeah, it's, I, I would say that a lot of times I'll get it delivered and it's freaky fast to, to mm-hmm, get to me. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, anyway, so um, the Giants. Great,
2: uh, chi- great jalapeno chips. Oh, and dude. You know what? I, last thing about Jimmy John's.
1: Not an ad, by the way. Just we like their food. That's all.
2: Very underrated cookies. Do you ever have a cookie from Jimmy John's?
1: These I things, have not. Um, but on, is, the ra- that, rascals, on the subject of that, they're yeah. On the subject of cookies, have you ever had crumble cookies?
2: Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, they <laughs> call me Mr. Crumble. Uh from um, time to time. We just got one uh mm-hmm. where I live. And yeah. um it's a I actually got uh, insomnia is somewhere around here. I don't know if you ever had an insomnia cookie in the beautiful West Laco, Texas.
1: Uh anyway, so the Giants <laughs> are my pick for a team that controls the draft cause. If somebody does love one of the quarterbacks, the Panthers yeah. are obviously going to take one at six. At least we all think that's the, pre- the heavy presumption. And so sure. if you're the Steelers or the Saints, or particularly the Saints, I mean, the Saints and Panthers both, uh, and Falcons, I guess, lost, if, if you want to use that word, out on Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah. And so, I mean that is not a good look if you're not I mean that's that's a very unique thing that's a fine look if you miss out on Deshaun Watson but if you do not have a a franchise quarterback that's what's not a good look and right now at least the Saints have Jameis Winston I mean at least the Falcons have Marcus Mariota the the Panthers I know you know what Ben McAdoo said but like Sam Darnold is not the same as Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston and that's saying something so the Giants you know I really think that Doshane their general manager wants to trade out we all think that wants to get a first round pick next year as well that top five pick that number five pick the one that they earned um holds a lot of value and, and that could be the the butterfly effect moment that because that could send one quarterback to would-be team x and then the Panthers have to take the other or the panthers have to scramble and then the giants get who they want at seven with the pick from the bears i mean the giants control this draft in my estimation
2: i think you're right and i think what wow. is uh annoying about that in the sense and, and this is what always annoys me about pre-draft speculation and I'll, I'll be completely honest it's not one of my favorite times of year I know it's a, a favorite time for a lot of people is once the Giants trade pick five presumably every mock draft that has been made this entire time is done and yeah. it's like it's why Sheld- did do Sheldon
1: that? throwing up the papers
2: yes because you have a team that we didn't know was going to pick pick and then all of a sudden the dominoes and then as you go along if there's other trades the mocks get even more off and then everything that we've done in these two months of speculation leading up to it is is over with I also and, and I'm not just saying this I mean Kansas City has 12 picks uh I I think they can make a lot of moves I, you know we were talking about Brett we were talking about Brett Veach uh a, a little bit here because you know Ross is familiar with him but he's been known to be aggressive and this is the most ammo he has ever had so if the Chiefs Rock some waves and get into the top 15 and take a wide receiver or something, or, you know, maybe they use the other one to trade it back. And then all of a sudden they have edge players now, there's, they still, um, are, are that team that's been in the final four, four years in a row and how they bolster themselves in this draft could determine how the, this year goes for them. And so I, I think it's very interesting that they have 12 picks and such an aggressive
1: GM so i objectively picked the new york giants as the team that right. controls the draft pete narcissistically picked the kansas city chiefs as well new the york team is the capital of the draft. country but kansas city is the center of the country so you know, in those new my, york
2: my, my two pillars uh,
1: pillar um, you know objectively kansas city and new york city are the two most bum, important cities bum, in the country Bump bum. Come on, Pete. Yeah. The bump bump butter comes in and These you don't feel some
2: <laughs> little down blue.
1: Oh. Hey. Pete, I gotta be honest. Barrett I dumb. felt something. That was yeah. that was beautiful. Rachelle, that's that. tough Rachel. to follow. Uh but Rachelle, um, um who who controls the, first of all, your thoughts on Pete's uh, Frank Sinatra impersonation?
5: Pete does a really, really good job. seeing like seriously, he has a really nice. He
1: can face impersonate face. anything. Yeah. Last week it was a dolphin. This week it's Frank Sinatra. I'm I mean, <laughs> I'm impressed. Who controls like the, the dolphins, draft? Yeah. You're going
5: to be disappointed in me, RJ. Another narcissist. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, here we go.
1: you would never be a narcissist, Rachel. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> the birds.
5: I said the Eagles. I think that the Eagles are in prime position with number 15, number 18. I think that Howie Roseman's going to get it right this year. Like, there's only a few positions that I feel like he really needs to. Jalen Rager. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) There's only a few positions that I think he needs to focus on, and I really have confidence that he's going to get it right. So, I, and we look at like their draft capital for the future. I think they're in prime position. If they want to trade up, they can do it too, but where they're at right now like is a good position and I think they're going to do a really good job. So
1: They trade up for a quarterback. No, they're not. Watch, Don't put that happen. out into
5: the atmosphere. They will not.
1: I would love that. I would love that so much. Um okay. Uh Rachel, the time has come. Again, Ross uh, awarded an, an honorary MF double MVP, but you are here to award the actual MF double MVP. You can award it to yourself. Pete, myself. You can award it to Ross if you want. Technically, he was okay. on the episode, so I mean, the, the choice is yours. Um, but you have to explain yourself and uh, embrace for the criticism that potentially follows.
5: I'm gonna give this one to Pete. Woo!
1: Oh, it's only gracious, it's only man. right.
5: I, I mean, his yeah, voice, his it voice alone, right. like, just gave him the
1: point. Yeah. So you want in the last 30 seconds? Are you serious? Like the, the whole 40 points. minutes before that, that mean nothing?
5: You
2: know, that's right. Sometimes the hold goes. You're not wrong. even. Are you
1: from New York, Rachelle? I thought you were like Baltimore. You, if I York, if I sit here I'm and start singing hairspray, then I do I, have, I win the award? Maybe, like what's maybe, going on?
5: You know, I've never heard you sing. Thank not. you, Rachelle. <laughs> uh, Again,
2: thank thank you to my parents. Uh, RJ. Sometimes the hold goes wrong at the end of the game, and you fall just short of the goal line. You know, and I I, I know that you know that well.
1: Wow, wow. I just. Mm. I mean. I had the Calvin Johnson analogy. One, one, one I today. had
5: so technically, it's tied for today.
2: Ross hmm. kind of called me out too, <laughs> in, in, in saying that I didn't know about him. I would challenge Ross. I don't think Ross knows a damn thing about me either. And I just want to say that us know us not knowing about each other, it's mutual. I don't think he really knows about me. But one thing he should know is that this is my third. Double F MVP award, and we keep MF them double three. MVP.
1: You don't even see, so he doesn't even respect the award, Rachel. And you're handing him out like this. And How dare you!
2: I believe that's what that's triple that RJ has. RJ's only won this award that he's made up once. And and so, uh, come up of the week continues to go to me. The green jacket of the week continues
1: to go to <laughs> me. And happy draft week to everybody. I mean, what a
2: way, what a way to start off draft
1: week, Rachel. I gave Lonnie Walker a shout out, you I gave you. Christian Polisic a shout out, like I touched you the NBA and the. You, I just I'm I'm hurt if I'm being yeah. honest Rachel yes, I am hurt um well, well you did
2: suggest that you did
1: suggest that they draft a quarterback instead of hurt I even so. said that you were on a lot of elite teams we're supposed to be NFC's mixtape teammates are. I mean
5: love. Love.
2: keep stacking you know I'm gonna try to keep stacking these double F MVPs and uh <laughs> right, right are you are you saying double right, F VPs I don't
1: think you're double even M- throwing an M in f-
2: and the mv double mvps and we <laughs> keep next week
5: is going to be the real test because that's going to be like who won type of deal the draft so be prepared okay. that's going to be win, really.
1: winners and losers oh i like yeah. this the future call out homework okay sure great <laughs> Uh, yeah. She is on Twitter at Rachelle Monique. He is on Twitter at PG Sween, Our guest Ross Tucker on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. This was Monday Football Monday all week long. Fantastic coverage coming your way here on the SB Nation NFL show. We will have live stuff happening throughout the draft. Rachelle, correct me if I'm incorrect. A live show on YouTube slash Twitter slash Facebook that will be podcasted as well as at Twitter Spaces over on the SB Nation NFL Twitter yes, account. Is that correct? Yes, All of it look at that look at me nailing everything i didn't even win the award It's so sad it said this is really just unfair this is this is like all the years that leo didn't win the oscar i'm leonardo dicaprio the the leonardo dicaprio award for this week's monday football monday Hello. goes to me that's what i decided congratulations uh yeah for your award i
2: guess um uh,
1: so. well that makes you toby mcguire pete uh yeah. you got the glasses and the sweater you kind of fit the bill i mean so.
2: what are you whether it's spider-man or Biscuit happy to accept uh, that role as well.
1: So. And on that note, Rachel, normally the last words belong to Pete. The last words belong to you. Is draft week, baby. That's right. Summer wind is blowing in from across
2: the sea.